Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey there, welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, my feet are in follow-up to last week. My feet are baby soft. If you were wondering, <laughs> I've forgotten. I'm Steve Duggan. <laughs> we have we had good conversation before we started, and, and now I mean, I still want to have this conversation, but I'm a little hesitant now. This is tough. So, uh, thanks, Paul. <laughs> yeah, if you wonder what we're talking about, check out the Xero Show in the Highland. And don't get mad. It's just, you know, Paul had a big I think discussion. it was on – I thought it was on our Steelers show last week that I mentioned. Okay. That. Well, then check out both because I think we talked about <laughs> both then. So, hey, good promo. Uh, well, thanks for bringing up. That's good. Sure. All right. Well, hey, uh, this week, lots of news and notes, uh, stuff for us to talk about. Um, let's start out here. It's been kind of interesting. Um. You know, the Steelers like to promote from within on their general manager hunt and some of the other coaching hunts. So uh, the Steelers had two guys, Omar Khan, another guy that I'm blanking on now, Paul, if you know. Like, another assistant GM that they were looking at. But recently, the Steelers are looking all over the place, which is unusual. Uh, They were looking at... A uh, couple guys, no, two of the guys from the Colts, and there was another guy from somewhere else. And then they made some news. Uh, Lewis Riddick, who is everything I've seen. He's a has a good football mind. He's very respected and everything. I'll be honest. Um, I didn't watch him much on Monday Night Football because compared to the Manning brothers, I you know, 
nothing against Lewis Riddick, but the main brothers seem to be infinitely more interesting. So I, I got to be honest, Paul, I don't know if he's a great guy or not. Um, you know, Mike Mayock was this really wonderful draft guy, and the Raiders jumped all over him thinking, man, if he says great stuff on NFL Network, he's going to say great stuff as a Raiders GM. And he probably had, uh, what, he drafted three guys a year ago that never win the league anymore because of some <laughs> off-the-field issues, and he's gone. So I, I don't know. I'm not pro-Lewis Riddick. I'm not anti-Lewis Riddick. And they're still looking at other guys, and they might – end up with somebody internal. But what do you think about Lewis Riddick? I, you know, I'm, nobody's jumping out, but I, I think the one thing that worries me is just, I mean, obviously still very connected to football, still analyzing it, but I, I wonder if there's just a difference between looking at whether it be the league or college players looking at them as a TV analyst versus looking at them from a general manager perspective. Yeah. And I wonder if it, there's just a little bit too much time has gone by uh, since he's had that type of analytical eye. I, I could be wrong. I don't know, but that's, that's my initial concern. Has he had player development experience? I know he's had like a career as an NFL player. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. And again, part of it was I, I was just having a rough time watching the regular play-by-play podcast. So I've kind of ignored the ESPN one play-by-play coverage. So I really haven't thought about it. And again, I don't know. I mean, I might, I don't dislike Lewis Rick. I, I just don't know. Um, right. What, well, I guess what I'm saying is everyone's saying, Hey, he has a great football mind. Is he having a great football mind because he has experience in the past that says he has a great football mind or does he have a great football mind because you watch him on ESPN and you're like, wow, that's a great point. You know, well, I mean, how, how many guys did the Browns bring in who had these genius football minds and they did absolutely nothing? Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. Um, but you know, here's the hard thing I have then how do you know in general who's that guy? You know, it's it's hard. Like, I guess what I'm saying is. How do you know who's going to be that guy or not? Um, I'm looking here. Uh, Riddick, you know, he played um, football uh, 91 to 98. Um, he had a, a stint with the Orlando Rage. I'm not sure what league that was at in 2001. But, you know, he did some things as executive. Uh, I didn't know this. He was a scout with the then Washington Redskins from 01 to 04, uh, director of pro personnel from 05 to 07, a scout with the Eagles in 08, uh, assistant director of uh, pro personnel in 09, and director of pro personnel from 2010 to 2013. So he has experience. I mean, he hasn't done that for a while, but again, he's Almost been in broadcasting. Ago. Right. But again, he's been in broadcasting. It's not like, you know, he was working at McDonald's, and he's like, "Hey, I'd love to be a Monday Night Football announcer." But, but even like, uh, who was that guy that brought that Mike? Um, was it Mike Lombardi that the Browns had yeah. for a while? Yeah, and I mean, he's still all over TV analyzing stuff, but did a horrific job in Cleveland. So I, I don't know. And there's been a lot of talk this week, and before, well, let me say it, and then I'll give my caveat. 
Uh, people are kind of saying, well, is Tomlin kind of showing more influence on the roster than you might think? Where, yeah, Tomlin's not the director of pro personnel or anything. But some people say, hey, does Tomlin have more of a say than anything else? So some people sit there and say, okay, if you hire Riddick or or Khan or whoever you end up hiring, is it really the Mike Tomlin show? And I know that's going to flame some people because people who don't like Mike Tomlin are going to be like, oh, no, this is horrible. <laughs> hey, the way I look at it is, hey, if we have a winning record and if we can get better players and go further in the playoffs than the Sewers did last year, you know, I don't care if Mike Tomlin calls the offense, defense, and calls the players. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to micromanage what Michael, Michael, Mike Tomlin does. I mean, if he wins, great. Yeah. That, I, I, yeah, that's – I think my primary question would be what – whoever they bring in, are they are they looking at trends and where the league's heading in the future or, you know, are they – like a guy like Riddick, is he stuck in the mindset of 10 years ago and just what football used to be? Or, you know, that right. that's going to be my concern as someone who can – who is going to be on the cutting edge of – the league rather than trying to play catch up. He has Pittsburgh ties. He played for the Panthers in college. I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm sure he still has <laughs> ties for Pittsburgh. He has friends of Pittsburgh, but you know, that, that doesn't mean you're going to be a great GM. If you have ties there, right. I mean, it, maybe he has a comfort level, but you can be comfortable and be a horrible GM. I mean, I don't know. it's hard to say. Um, I guess maybe the thing to do is start watching tapes of Monday Night Football games and <laughs> evaluating what he's saying about players. Or if he's like, I like a pro style offense, you're like, hmm, what does this mean about, you know, a quarterback is going after? <laughs> but it, it's funny, the news came out and that really dominated things. As of the time it's recording, and obviously we need to emphasize that because by the time you're listening, they could have announced the GM by tomorrow morning for all we know. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing official and Really, I believe it was yesterday we saw a lot of the reports saying, hey, they're talking to Riddick. Nothing else has been said so far. So who knows? I mean, I'm sure they're still considering it. I, But I haven't heard of, like, if they're close to making a decision or if they're going to bring somebody else in. Um, you know, this was on our list, but speaking of uncertainty, I thought this was interesting. Uh, did you see the news that broke late yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, I Killiard, uh, former NFL receiver, uh, now receivers coach for, for the Steelers, and he came kind of highly regarded. But it was a tough year for the Steelers last year. I know, you know, we had Charlie Goldsmith on recently, and I think Charlie said part of the issue was, you know, Ben wasn't the quarterback that Ben was in the past. That's kind of didn't help the receivers, but still. Yeah, I don't tend to disagree with Charlie there, but we all could see plays last year where we're like, come on, catch the darn ball, you know, Johnson, Claypool, and other stuff. But, you know, he technically got let go. I mean, there never was an announcement that he got let go, but they hired Frischman, I believe his first name is Jackson. And yeah. you might remember Jackson was a receiver for the Browns uh, during some of the dark <laughs> days of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but no, uh, Jackson's been a receivers coach at Carolina. I don't know if I could tell you the Carolina receivers the best of all time, but apparently he did a good job. And he's a Matt Canada guy. So like it or not, uh, Paul, as uh, all in on Matt Canada, they're going to live or die with him this year. I, I still don't think we've, 
really seen a Matt Canada offense uh, right. I, because the offense we ran this year was almost identical to the one that we ran before he back in 2020. Uh, so I don't right. think it's as much Canada as anything else. And I think in terms of our receivers, I I still think our receivers have amazing potential. Uh, there were some plays where clearly they should have caught the ball. But I, I think at the other hand, our as I watch the games, the Steelers were very much catch and run. And that is going to set a receiver up for failure every time because they're automatically thinking, I've got to run as soon as I get this. Uh, to get any yards. And so they're automatically already in that, you know, you're not paying enough attention, you know, grab it and run and, and you know, hit the guys. I, I've said it before on the podcast, hit these guys in stride, let them go at it. And well, and, and the only guy who could uh, massacre is a catch from a guy is possibly Deontay Johnson. And Johnson, for all the frustration I've had with him, he still had over 100 catches. And I know part of it was Ben threw a lot of, you know, three- and four-yard passes, which I'm sure <laughs> helped Deontay. But, you know, to your point, I mean, you know, Claypool's not a catch-and-run guy. I mean, Claypool's a guy you send 10, 15 yards down the field and have him do a contested catch. And, you know, Juju, and I know it looks like Juju probably won't be here next year, but he wasn't a catch-and-run guy. And uh, I – James Washington, I don't think you could say, is a catch and run guy either. So, you know, really, it wasn't suited. I really think what it was, the Steelers weren't going to force Ben out. And I think Ben's like, hey, I want to come back. And I, I think they were like, all right, let's make a go of it. And I think everyone knew Ben wasn't the Ben of five years ago. But they didn't yeah. want to say, you know, I think there was still some resentment. And uh, Troy Palmano is – back on good terms with the Steelers, but, you know, the Steelers pretty much said, dude, you know, retire or we're going to cut you. And I think there was still some bad feelings for that, and I, I don't think they wanted to go for that game with Ben. So, I, I mean, I think that's really what happened. Yeah, I, I think part of that, too, is a, a guy like Troy, I mean, you can't hide diminishing skills at that position, whereas right. quarterback, you can, you can kind of fake it. If your skills are, and a lot of that was just little dump passes. Um, right. So I think we're, that the Steelers were able to hide a lot of Ben's flaws in the past couple seasons. And to Ben's credit for his skills not being where it used to be, I still think there were some games that he kind of pushed him to win. Like, I, I know there was other factors that helped him beat the Ravens that last game of the year, but. That said, I mean, I think Ben pushed him to win over the Ravens. I, I, I think it wasn't for Ben's leadership. Now, again, there's a difference between say his ad to push him to win over against. Oh my goodness, his arm strength and fantastic plays push him to win. <laughs> I, I think it was just yeah, motivation, leadership. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's that leadership factor because I, looking back at a lot of the games, if if Najee doesn't will his body to cross the first down marker, um. I don't know how many of those games the Steelers pull out because uh, he kept drives alive game after game after game. And so it was more of his physical dominance. And, and yeah, the Ben was that motivational leader, like, don't give up. We we can do this. Right. Uh, so I give him all the credit in the world for that. All right. Sounds good. Well, hey, let's take a break. Um, we're at a little bit of a breaking point. Uh, we'll be back. Um we're going to talk about a new defensive coordinator for the Steelers. And then, oh, just lots going on at the Senior Bowl. 
and the rumor mill is in high high steam right now on what the Steelers might do in the draft and elsewhere. And Paul and I, we're going to tell you the truth of what's going on, but we're going to still break down all the crazy rumors out there. So um, hang, hang loose. We'll be back very shortly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back here on the Behind the Silk Curtain.com's Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour, presented to you by the Ohio Podcast Network as well as Behind the Silk Curtain.com. Uh, uh, just going over some of the news, kind of a busier news week. I mean, we're in February, but man, the thing I love about the NFL, Paul, it never slows down. I mean, I think last year we were kind of struggling at this time, going, oh, what are we going to talk about? But if you really get into it, there's enough you know, keep you busy at least for a half hour. So we're here and we're ready to go. Sounds good. Uh, Steelers made made some news. Uh, It took them a while. They were interviewing guys from outside the organization, but officially today, and Paul, I literally saw some email. I know it was reported a couple days ago, but I got the official email from the Steelers saying Terrell Austin is really, really our defensive coordinator. So I think it may (laughs) have been made official Wednesday afternoon. Um, Austin, he spent some time with the Bengals, and uh, it was tough. But, you know, the Bengals were a tough defense back then. And I don't mean tough as in great. I mean tough as probably tough for Bengals fans to take a look at. Um, But, you know, LeBeau had some rough years with Cincinnati. So, and, yeah, LeBeau came back and he was fine for Pittsburgh. I don't know. I mean, you know, we're hearing now – uh, the previous defensive coordinator wasn't calling plays, and Tom was calling plays. I don't know what to think of Terrell Austin. I have nothing against him. I, I guess I go back to it and say, all right, let's get the horses. I know Steelers had some rough games in defense, but I know they were down a lot, guys. So, you know, again, whoever's calling plays, if it's Tomlin, Austin, uh, Paul, if you and I get a chance to call plays during the season, you're remotely from our home, whatever it might be. I mean, guys, just get players to make plays. I mean, you know, if you, if you need to replace to it, replace to it. Uh, you know, we got some money and free agency to work with. You know, I, I like the fact Austin blitzes. So, but, you know, I, again, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not against this. I, I guess what I'm saying is the onus is more on the team as a whole. Hopefully they can put it together. And I, I think they like Austin. I think things will be fine. I, I just want them to step it up. And them not stepping up last year wasn't really their skill level. Uh, they just didn't have the depth and they had a bunch of guys hurt. I mean, that's why you kind of look at it. So just produce. And I'm okay if it's Terrell Austin or 
whoever else you wanted as a defensive coordinator. I mean, I think that's where I stand with this decision. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes. You can have the best coordinator in the world, but you have to have the town on the field. And uh, ultimately, I mean, for you and I, I mean, all you have to do is pull your defense aside before they go on the field and say TJ Smash, and go right. execute that. I mean, that just let let them be them. Uh, the defense is not for as porous as they were, and a lot of that was injury. I'm I'm not concerned about the future of the defense at this point with the the players that we have. I'm not worried about uh, – I don't think that's going to be the weak, weak link of our season coming up. I'm all for Stefan to it. I hope he gets the help he needs. I'm grateful that we've had a a more broader conversation about mental health. So, again, I might – I don't want to rip Stefan to it at all, but I, I think if it's Austin, Tom, and whoever, I think we got to start – the offseason off right. I mean, I, I think free agency is coming like in a month or so, which again, we don't need to, like, the Steelers don't need to call to it tonight and say, hey, are you in or out? But I'm hoping maybe in the next two weeks or so, they can get a firm grip on where is he at. And if Tuit doesn't know, okay, but they need to say, okay, buddy, give us a date. Is it, you know, March 1st or. April 22nd, or whatever date might be, but, right. because I think that's key. And, again, I'll be bummed because I love Stefan Tua as a player, but I want the best for Stefan it. but at the same time, right. I want to make sure Steelers know what's going on because, you know, we talk about holes and needs. They may need some defensive line help anyway because aside from Cam Hayward, I mean, Chris Warren was okay, but, you know, even if Tua comes back, you probably need another line. Well, you know, they got Tyler Lulu coming back. So, you know, if Tua comes back, you don't really need a starting defense lineman. But if Tua doesn't come back, now defense lineman becomes a priority, even early in the draft or, you know, in free agency. So I, I just hope they know. And, again, there's no indication that they don't know. The thing none of us know about is we have not heard if Tua's back or not. So, yeah, uh, ultimately, I think my my key question for our offensive court uh, defense coordinator would be: um, Can you get Devin Bush to actually play every down and, and not just stand by as a spectator? That's well. And, and here's why I think too: I don't think they trusted their backups. And, and you might, if you're listening out to, you might be like, "Well, what about Buddy Johnson?" Okay, I hope Buddy Johnson's okay. But do you think if they felt Buddy Johnson was ready, they put Buddy Johnson in there? I don't think they were under any super obligation to play Devin Bush over Buddy Johnson. And Johnson didn't play that much last year. So I, I, I guess what I'm saying I, is... Well, I, I think say? because of what we did to... I'm sorry, what, what the Steelers did to get, yeah. uh, to get him, what uh, all the hype that Bush gets, I, I feel like they're... There is kind of this, you know, we're going to shove him out there until it clicks and we'll be – because I, I just feel like there's so much invested into him that to just kind of walk away from that's going to be tough. Yeah, I think they're at least going to come for this year. The last I heard, I think, isn't this – well, when's this fifth year option? Maybe it's next That year. I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. Well, I think the next question the Steelers have to figure out is, are they picking up the fifth-year op- option? And I, uh, I apologize we should know this, but I'm kind of blanking out a little bit. But the thought would be, you're right. You don't want to just 
toss Bush out, out with bathwater. The challenge I have, and it's almost the same question as to it, you know, it took Bush a while, and I think even mid near the end of the year, it was kind of a little bit mental and a little bit physical. Understand that some of these injuries, like we played the Madden football game, and you know, a guy's out for the year, and they're like, oh crap, he's out for the year. But by the next <laughs> year, he's okay. Well, some of these injuries take over a year to heal. Now, I don't know what the issue is with Bush, but I guess the challenge I have is Paul, you're right, don't cost Bush out. Uh, there's too much invested, he's got too much promise, but at the same time, develop somebody behind him. Uh, because here's the other thing. Uh, Joe Schobert was the other inside linebacker. Schobert didn't have a terrible year, but they're going to have to pay, I think it's like $10 million for Schobert next year. He definitely wasn't paying like he was worth $10 million. So Schobert's probably yep. going to be one of his ca- uh, roster casualties uh, coming up, well, which is fine. I have no problem if they release him. But that said, okay, you got questions about Bush, as we just talked about. Now you have no Schobert. So, again, it's going to be on the Steelers to say, all right, what are we going to do? And, and again, I know you can't draft everybody. They only have six draft picks. So they got to be careful and say, what can we develop? And I know they got money to spend, but, you know, that's going to go quick if they bring in really quality guys. So, you know, but they got to sit there and say, okay, can Buddy Johnson potentially start next year? Who else do we have at linebacker that potentially could fill a bill? Because, honestly – if Bush isn't ready, you're now replacing, uh, in mo- most likelihood, two inside linebackers. And that's tough because, you know, Sears are already always known for the inside linebackers. Now that becomes a question, too. So they'll be interested yep. to see what happens there. Um, yeah, we'll see. So, very good. Hey, well, let's end up. We, we've got about eight minutes or seven minutes left. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about quarterback. And, Paul, yes. let me say <laughs> – let me say the overview because, because if not, we could be talking about this for the next four hours here and we'll still come to the conclusion. Okay, so we go to the senior bowl. Obviously, it's big. Um, you know, you see these tweets of pictures of uh, Tomlin and I think it was uh, Colbert uh, chasing around quarterbacks, which they should. I mean, they all have Big Ben. Uh, they're silly if they just say, okay, Mason Ruff and Dwayne Haskins are all the options. You could tell they're looking at other options because they were chasing people around. Um, heard lots of things about various quarterbacks. I know they at least talked to Sam Howe from North Carolina. Uh, they talked to Pick K Pickett, you know, obviously the local hometown guy. Also talked to uh, Malik Willis, and it was interesting. I, I read something from somebody I trust draft wise, and Paul, they were talking, they weren't talking about hype, they weren't talking about, ooh, you know, Tomlin was around Willis more than Pickett, you know. Well, the hand size is creepy as all get out. So I remember, it, like in a presidential election a while back, uh, kids were debating about their hand size. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. I, I don't want to talk about hand size. If that, I, I mean, I'm sure if you look at the history of quarterbacks in the NFL, there were fantastic quarterbacks with humongous hands and fantastic quarterbacks with small hands. So let's stop talking about hand size. Oh, it's right. But, um, but, you know, there's going to be so much smoke. I mean, you, you know, all these insiders reporting different things. Like, one guy was like, oh, it's stuff like Kane Pick if he's there. And, and other people say, oh, it's stuff like Malik Willis. Well, understand, sports reporters, and I've done it throughout my career. I did that for, with 
I covered the Blue Jackets hockey team. You find people in the organization that you trust. They'll give you information, okay? I'm not going to reveal my source, but I had a guy in the organization would tell me stuff. That guy was probably different than my competitor and probably different than the other competitor down the road. You don't know. So, A, it's, it's what I'm saying is there's probably some guys in the Sears organization love Wills. Some guys love Pickett. Okay, that makes sense. And there's probably other guys who, who are going to feed you crap, not because they want to lie to you, but they want to stir up interest from other teams. I mean, if – now, here's the uh, – well, let me throw this out. We, we got to touch on this quick because we're running out of time. <laughs> Sometimes I think – I'm glad the Steelers made the playoffs. But, you know, I think the challenge the Steelers face is at 20 – I don't know if Pickett's going to be available at 20. Right. And I'm hearing Willis had a pretty good senior bowl week camp. I'm not sure about the game itself. He had one good run, and he completed like three of six passes, I think. Well, the scouting report I heard, it was interesting. They were honest. They weren't feeding crap just of what they saw. Uh, It was some guy from ESPN I can't remember right now. But he was talking about Pickett saying, look, Pickett's good. There's nothing against Pickett. They said from everything they've seen of him, he could be a very good quarterback in the NFL. He's, they said they're not sure about the ceiling for him is going to be super high. Okay. They said Willis, the interesting thing is Willis has issues, problems. I mean, play for Liberty. He's definitely not perfect. <laughs> but they said Willis could have a, a ceiling of, a Mahomes or a Kyler Murray, if you just look at their mobility, which, again, you know, like or not, you got Matt Cannon, who loves his mobile quarterbacks, and, you know, Willis has got a very much of an arm. The issue is, one, Willis probably wouldn't play right away, so you're probably starting to hear of Mason Rudolph if you draft Malik Willis in the first round. And, again, I don't think he's going to be available 20, so do you want Morgan's the future to move up when you only have six picks this year? I, I don't know. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot, a ton of potential, but is he going to find it? Who knows? Uh, Yeah, this is the Malik Willis talk is driving me nuts. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that could go really well for him. Um, and everybody raved about his senior bowl. He had one, he had a good run. He didn't really do much else. If you look at his stats throughout the season, weren't great. Played for Liberty. Liberty doesn't play anybody. They played Syracuse and it was a tight game. Pitt blew them out. Um, the competition level Willis had was subpar. And as if Joe said it once, he said it a million times on this podcast that you get somebody who 90% of their skill is relying upon their mobility. One good hit from miles Garrett and all that is off the table. So I, I just feel like that, that's a huge roll of the dice. Well, and for him to be great, you've got to have the arm of a Mahomes or a Murray yeah. where it's not like you're, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson has a better arm than like an RG three, for example, but oh, yeah, I think Mahomes and um, Murray, and I think you can throw Josh Allen into the mix too. They're mobile enough quarterbacks that have a great arm. So as they get older, if they're not as fast as they once were, I, I think they could still be good in the NFL with their arm strength and everything. Um, and you would hope 
that Mills Willis is like that. And I look at Willis as a lottery ticket. And you know, I don't know how you know much of a gambler Tom wants to be on this or Riddick or whoever ends up being your GM, but it's a lottery ticket. And you know, if it works out, you've got a Kyler Murray type quarterback you drafted potentially at twenty. That's great. But if it doesn't work out, you know, you're in Brown's country where you draft these quarterbacks high, they fail, and they say it. And, again, here in Pittsburgh, we've been lucky because, you know, we had a good quarterback for 18 years. Part of the problem with Browns, they say if you goof up a first-round draft pick at quarterback, your franchise is back three years. I mean, it's tough. So. Yeah, and I know that any quarterback is going to be a roll of the dice. I would much rather roll the dice on Pickett than Willis. Um, yeah, I, I think I might cry a little bit if they draft Willis. Um, if he was a proven just – as much as we talk about mobile quarterbacks and we even look at with the Super Bowl, you've got two quarterbacks that can run, but they're not defined by their running. Um, yeah. Having a guy that depends on running just scares me. Yeah, and, you know, I go back, and, again, we're at times. So let me just throw this out there, my bear end. Um, that's why I say maybe look at a veteran quarterback. Um, you know, real quick, um, Kyler Murray's in some uh, stuff. He's, you know, taking the Cardinals off of social media. I haven't heard anything else. Again, as of Wednesday night, you know, there might be a story break right after that about what's the situation. And some people even speculate and say, hey, maybe he just wants to go back to baseball. I, I don't know. We don't know as of Wednesday night. But, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. And I don't know if I'd risk it on Kyler Murray if he's not sure if he wants to play baseball or not. But, you know, <laughs> these quarterbacks are gambles. There's no sure things in the draft. That's why he come back well, to the same. Yeah, maybe if he comes to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm sure he'd have plenty of opportunity to suit up for the Pirates anytime he wanted. <laughs> right. Well, I guess what I'm saying, yeah, I'm not saying Kyler Murray should be your guy. Now, if he says, hey, I just don't like the Cardinals want to play somewhere else, I want to play football, yeah, go for it. You know, let's, let's try and get oh, Kyler yeah. Murray. But if Absolutely. he's questioning his baseball or not, no, let's don't go after him. But, again, if you go after a more sure thing, and we've talked about this on podcasts, you know, Listen to the past podcast, you can figure out you know, the names we're throwing out there. But even a guy like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, which, again, I he's not a franchise quarterback. But, you know, if you get a bridge quarterback like him or even a Kirk Cousins for a year or two, you know, is that better than rolling the dice, especially on Malik Willis? And even the Kane Pickett, say you get Kane Pickett, I, I would, there would be a comfort level if the guy Kane Pickett. But, Paul, you're probably starting the year with – Mason Rudolph, and once Kane's ready, you bring him in. And uh, Paul will still do a podcast next year, but you're not. We're not going to be talking playoffs next year if that happens. You know, <laughs> I mean, Kane Pickett is going to have to be the hottest thing as a rookie. So, all right, well, yeah, Paul. It, oh, yeah. no, go ahead. No, well, go I was going to say we are at time. We want to make sure we yeah. obey our time parameters. So, thanks for checking out the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com podcast. Um, here with behind the steel curtain.com again. We're the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. I apologize. We're 
<laughs> it's kind of like a, a mouthful I have to say. So we're the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Hey, we don't say enough. We appreciate our friends at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. There's a ton of other podcasts, and we're the Johnny Come Latelys to this podcast game. Um, you know what these podcasts are. I mean, I don't need to sit here and list them all for you. Check out the other podcasts on the network. Um, a lot of fun there. And then, as important, if not more important, check out, uh, do a search on your favorite podcast provider for The Ohioan and all kinds of more content for you. And especially look for the Accenture shows. Um, we come out with them. It's uh, me, Paul, and Joe talking about a bunch of goofy Flint stuff where we kind of go more into the world of pop culture and sports in general, more than just the Steelers. So you get a lot more uh, Paul and Joe and I for free. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Have a great day. Yeah.